Since you're such a huge fan of JRPGs, I figured you're probably nope. the best person to get advice nope. about this nope. song. Nope. Well, I'm not. That, 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 let me just pose a hypothetical to you. You have a you have like three enemies laid out on your screen. You want to target the one right of the middle one, and you hit right on the D-pad, and it goes to the fucking left one. How would that make you feel? Not great, I guess. Yeah, why is it all Square JRPGs do that shit then on the Super Nintendo? I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. This has uh, been my entire, like, 20 hours playing Chrono Trigger is wanting to hit some fucking bat and I have to, like, keep clicking around on the D-pad when, like, it's directly to the right of the thing that I am, like, automatically targeted to. Okay. Anyway. Perfect game. Frog is very cool. Frog is very cool. Robo is also very cool. That's right. Ayla, very cool. Yeah. As, as you told me, designed when Akira Toriyama was at his most horny. Yep, probably. Yeah. Speaking of visionaries who often are very horny, we're, we're talking about another Hideo Kojima video game today. It's Snatcher. You mean another Hideo game? Yes, another Hideo game. Uh... Possibly one of the horniest Hideo games, at least that I've ever played. Hmm. I haven't played, I haven't played Boktai. Like maybe that one's hornier. Have you played Police Knots? Because apparently that one's pretty horny. <laughs> so I have heard. I have a copy of Police Knots. I have not played it yet. Do you? Do you have a copy of Police Knots? I, I have what could charitably be described as. A copy of Police Knots. Okay. <laughs> that, that some kind soul on Etsy might have pressed onto a disc with a lot of love and care. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it resembles a copy of Police Knots. I, I mean, technically, yes, it is a copy of Police Knots. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't tell you a lie, did I? No, I guess not. I was thinking it was more like, well... I have a file on my hard drive uh, which has the <laughs> like file name policenots.iso or something. Uh, I don't know. It's just a blank file. I just have it there for clout. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm not going to play it. I just open it up and it's just the clip of Kojima talking about transferring. That's all it is. It's ahead of its time. Transferring. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know how horny Police Knots gets, but yes, I would suspect very horny. Uh, that has been the one that I've heard about uh, next to uh, Snatcher, which has some moments with a girl who is 14 years old, canonically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, old, uh, what's, what's his name, Gillian Seed? Oh, yeah. He's yeah, you know, old Gilly. Yeah. Uh, Snatcher is a game that I've wanted to play for a very long time. Uh, I, I don't actually think that I was super aware of it back in the day when it came out uh, because it was not a very major release in the United States. In fact, very few copies uh, still even exist out there, so it is infamous for being one of the most expensive Sega CD games to get your hands on. Uh, but then as, as Kojima's name started to blow up in the West, eventually start here Snatcher talk about in magazines and just uh, in discussion with friends. And so uh, finally this year, speaking of things I have a copy of that might not be legitimate, uh, I purchased a repro of Snatcher and I sat down and I played it. And I think that it might be my favorite video game next to the original Metal Gear Solid. That's interesting because I have also heard a lot about Snatcher and I was interested in it until I saw it being played and then I was like, okay, I have no interest in this any longer. What was it that like sold you off of it? Specifically having to do the same thing multiple times in order to progress, which is something I hate in adventure games. That... Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's easily the worst part about the game is sometimes just having to, like, I knocked on this door and then I did everything else and nothing happened, so I knocked on the door again and then something happened. Yes, that, to me, is inexcusable. Uh, you know what game does that? Zack McCracken. And you know how <laughs> I feel about Zack McCracken. Uh, you fucking hate it? Yes, <laughs> I do. It's the worst. Have those streams been archived at all? Yeah, they are. Oh, archived on, on our YouTube channel or just archived um, on your... I think just on Twitch. I, I'll i have to look okay. at that. Nobody well, should watch those anyway, though, because it's mostly okay. just me like looking between a walkthrough and the game being like, I don't... It's great. It's another maze. This walkthrough just says, go through the maze until you reach this area. Like, I don't know yeah. why I was clicking the ones on GameFAQs that had the highest ratings and the biggest file size, of course, because that's what you want. Yeah. And um, they all sucked. <laughs> like, none I of mean, them were I've, helpful. I've encountered that a few times uh, this year going back and playing old games is finding, like, games that don't have very many walkthroughs, so you just take what you can get. And uh -huh. you can tell that they're just not very well put together. Like a, a certain walkthrough for Goldeneye, for example. Okay. That like refers refers to shooting enemies as using a certain number of lead pieces instead of just saying bullets like oh, a yeah. normal person. Yeah, put two lead pieces in them. Yeah. Oh god, there was another game though, like in particular, and I can't quite remember what it was, but it it would like totally sent me in the wrong direction and just have me like do stuff grossly out of order. Uh, when playing Zach actually, McCracken, like, I I had to just straight up go find a different walkthrough that had an actual map and pictures and stuff <laughs> because the other one just was not helping at all. It was 
It was very good. Larry, not a hardcore gamer, not drawing those maps out on a piece of graph paper. It it wasn't, um... I don't remember. It was about a pattern that you had to... Oh, one thing was it just straight up told me the wrong thing. Uh, I think it was maybe because this walkthrough was for the DOS version and I was playing the FM Towns version. Mm. Um, But, like, there's a part where you're in this vehicle on Mars... And the walkthrough says something about getting a tape from this boombox. And I could not open the boombox. It turned out later that eventually I figured out that the tape was like within the deck in the machine. Or like in the vehicle. Like this it, sounds it was like not some... in the boombox. This sounds like a blast. Like just a really well designed video game. I mean yeah, even if you know exactly what to do, it's terrible. So, I mean, I watched you play like a little bit of it, and it seemed like just having your nails peeled back. It's real bad. Uh, thankfully, yeah. the guy, the genius behind that game, uh, left LucasArts shortly thereafter. And then that's when their games got good, which I don't think is a coincidence. So here's my question for you. When was Zack McCracken first released? What year? Ooh... 91 90 okay so here's here's where i'm going with that is there's a lot of just repeating the same actions in zach mccrackett a video game from 1990 that is a thing very much of that time in adventure games because snatcher was released originally in 1988 even though the one that we are most familiar with came out in uh 1996 uh, Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders came out in 1988. Oh, well, so, <laughs> there we go, serendipitous. Maybe there was something in the water that was poisoning the brains of every game developer in 88. <laughs> yeah. And thought that was a good idea. Yeah. So I want to talk about that for just for just a second, is uh, kind of the the history of Snatcher and the weird way that this game kind of came out. And uh, in one particular way, how I think it ties in very neatly with modern hideo games. Uh, so this first release, like I said, 1988 on the NEC PC 8801. Uh, and then... What's that? Like, a computer. <laughs> a <laughs> Japanese-ass computer. You put this off for like two weeks because you're like, I gotta put together all the information on this. I got, I've got There's something a lot big more coming up. about... <laughs> There's a lot more information about Snatcher other than what the fuck the NEC PC 8801 is, because it but don't I wanna matter. Know. I want to know. Don't. It doesn't even matter because that isn't even the system that the original version of Snatcher is necessarily well known for. That would be the MSX2, uh, because Kojima, back at that point in time, way into the MSX. What's the MSX? The MSX was a computer. Uh, you would jam tapes, like cassette tapes, in there to play games. Like okay. Metal Gear. And All Metal right. Gear 2 Solid Snake. But not Snake's Revenge. That's a, di- that's a very different look. We don't... I'm not going to talk about Snake's Revenge. Berman Katafi. Oh, no. <laughs> To be, to be fair, Vermin Gattafi should be in the canon. That's like the one thing that they should carry over is that name. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So, uh, 
November NEC PC8801, December uh, MSX2. Uh, and then it was the PC Engine Super CD where the game ended up kind of getting remade into the version that uh, we are more familiar with. Sega CD version basically being a port over of that. But in between those two, this game came out on the little system that you might have heard of called the PlayStation. Where it looks... Uh, it is... <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. What? Never heard of it. Play we have an hour and station? a half before Blizzard shuts us down. It was only a matter of okay, time. Okay, so, alright, so look, uh, there was uh, the Super Nintendo, right? And Sony, sure. they came along and they're like, what if you put a CD inside the Super Nintendo? And uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, he was just like, oh, I don't know about that. Could you put a Mario on the CD? And Sony, of course, they said yes. So they made a deal. And then later on, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was just like, I don't know, what if Philips put a Mario on a CD? I mean, it would probably turn out way better, right? Well, we'll never know because we only got that one. And then, like, Sony decided to make their own thing because Shigeru Miyamoto done ran his mouth again. Thanks, Miyamoto. Uh, where's the new Star Fox? Uh, it's on the Super Nintendo Classic. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> she got a Miyamoto. It's like, what if we don't put this game out for about 20 years? Just get a face full of the Super FX chip. Just beam it into my <laughs> eyeballs. It's like I'm playing the Cybertruck. Miyamoto with like a big cheerful grin on his face, just nodding his head, and his translator saying, uh, "We think it'd be more fun if you played it in twenty years." <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the Disney Vault. See, they lock it away yeah. for a while, and then yeah. you can truly appreciate Mario. it. Uh, so, have you ever like actually pulled up anything on the PlayStation version of Snatcher? No, because it actually like visually looks very, very, very different from the the Sega CD version of Snatcher. Like, they've kind of completely redrawn uh, much of the intro sprites, and there's also these, like, extremely primitive CG intro animations that look fucking awful. They look like they came crawling out of the real adventures of Johnny Quest. Okay. No, I have not. Oh, it looks really bad and in a way that is kind of fascinating and one thing that i like couldn't really get much info on is what happened like i i wonder if it was handed off to a different team probably i i would think that it would have to be with the main team uh well no i i would actually think at that point in time kojima would have been so busy with metal gear solid that i'll I'm actually not sure if he like handled much of the port onto the sega cd yeah, I mean, in between, he was doing both Police Knots and Metal Gear Solid, yeah. so, yeah, I wouldn't expect that he would have much to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the way that this kind of ties into more modern Hideo Kojima stuff is originally Snatcher only had an Act 1 and an Act 2. And, like, no definitive ending to the story. And so the idea was it was actually going to lead into a sequel that Kojima just... Never got around to because he suddenly became, uh, like, married to Metal Gear as a series. So, 
They didn't really come back to it until the PC Engine version of the game, which, by the way, is called uh, Snatcher CD Romantic, capital R-O-M. Sure. Yeah, that's a name that they went with. Uh, they added on an Act 3 to the game and finally gave it like a proper ending, and apparently that takes like a bunch of the continuity from SD Snatcher, which is a super deformed style RPG. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the PlayStation 5 re-release of Metal Gear Solid V, where uh, they add the ending on to it, and everybody's happy. Well, I mean, depending on how much involvement Kojima really had with Chapter, or well, with Act 3 of Snatcher, wouldn't be surprised if maybe that were a thing that could happen. Great, then everybody can shut up. Yeah. Look, it's Konami. Like, at this point, every single business decision they make is just entirely calculated around what gets us the most money. Like, that's like that's every business. But also, like, there's something in particular about Konami that seems very cynical. Sure. Pachinko like, and health spas and no Castlevania. Yeah, what if we could very cheaply crap out a Contra game that might as well be on a cell phone? Sure. We have a bunch of Turbo Graphics ROMs and like the license to them, so uh, classic console. <laughs> Man, I forgot that thing came out. Yeah, what did it actually came out? I think so. Oh man, that's maybe really it's sad still not out. I don't know. I don't I... think it's out yet. Maybe. Who cares? Either way. Yeah. Hey, we have the Fox Engine. What if we redo Metal Gear Solid Three for a fucking pachinko machine? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Silent that... Hill Pachinko. Yeah. Oh, man. Man. So yeah, that's uh I kinda wanted to get into the into the, the history of how this game eventually came to be. Like this the Sega C D version is the only one that we got in the US ultimately, and it's never been re released, and it's never going to be re released. I don't know why they would at this point. because uh, again, Konami. Uh, and I don't think that actually there's very much money in re-releasing Snatcher in particular. Like, I think you could maybe sell a decent amount just off the name Kojima alone, but also I don't think Konami is really too excited to be throwing around Kojima's name. The TurboGrafx-16 Mini isn't out until March next year. I think it got delayed. Hmm. Which is also a great sign. Yeah. But yeah, there's a there's also like a, just a lot of stuff in general that kind of ties into Metal Gear in this game that I kind of found just like playing through it, uh, like the Mark II. Which, well, so that's the most obvious one is is the Mark II, uh, which eventually later would be in Metal Gear Solid Four. Uh, but there's also stuff like the the main villain of the game is Doctor Petrovich Madnar, who is yep. a character from Metal Gear and later in Metal Gear Two. Yep. Uh, there is, um, like, he gets mentioned in Metal Gear Solid 4 uh, as well. Uh, yeah, in the first one, like, you go up to, well, you think it's Dr. Madnar, and you're like, ah, Dr. Madnar, I'm here for you. He's like, it's not me, and then he opens a hole underneath you. It's messed up. Yeah, that was fucked up, Dr. Madnar. <laughs> well, it wasn't him. It was uh, not Decoy Octopus, but 
whatever his equivalent was in that one. I forget. I'm, th I'm thinking from the perspective of uh, Hideo Kojima protagonist who, after getting that information, would see Dr. Madnar, like, fake Dr. Madnar, like, five more times and say, huh, Dr. Madnar? Yeah. Sure. Snake just knocking back cans of Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> Dr. Madnar. Snake, how did you sneak all that monster energy you're drinking? Well, when you gave me that shot that suppressed my stomach acid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird... Was he just, like, barfing up a pack of cigarettes? Is that, like, the implication? Yes. He put them in a plastic bag, swallowed it, and then threw the bag back up so it could have a smokes. <sighs> Snake. <Come on. laughs> Snake's the fucking psychopath. There was no reason to even do that. Like, he just came in on a submarine. <laughs> Well, sure there was. He needed to, like, see the laser beams in that one hallway. <laughs> no, I mean, there was no reason for him to, like, have to swallow the smokes and then barf them up. Sure, sure. Like, they also could have just let him have his smokes, but it's, like, the Kojima, like, running gag of a lot of characters being anti-smoking, except for, like, one character who is way into smoking. Yeah, he's red-pilled, basically. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. The rest of them, they're just uh, NPCs, man. <laughs> Damn. They don't, they don't get it. Uh, so some other, uh, maybe, or actually one more more obvious Metal Gear reference is the fact that there's a club in this game called the Outer Heaven that you visit multiple times. Uh, but two of the, the smaller ones that you kind of actually have to, like, instigate the right dialogue to get is that uh, Harry Benson. Uh, mentions that he was a former member of Foxhound. Uh, he's also the one that designs the Mark II in the game. And the chief uh, is referred to as the real big boss of HQ at one point. And then, uh, spoiler warning for this game from 1996, turns out he's like one of the main bad guys. <gasps> shocking. Yeah, I know. It's shocking. Uh, and one other uh, little, like, Outer Heaven is like a treasure trove of references too. Like all the characters in there are just based off of Konami characters. Like you got Simon Belmont, you have Rocket Knight, you have Goemon just hanging out in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Goemon. Oh, one other like little reference in there that I liked is that so you can't enter Outer Heaven unless you have a mask on because the whole thing is like this is kind of a club where like a bunch of taboo illicit shit is going on. Yeah, Eyes but, like, Wide Shut style before that movie. Which makes yeah. me wonder where Hideo Kojima got the idea Because uh, originality, not exactly his strong suit Time travel Yeah, probably He was like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Stanley Kubrick I bet he's gonna make a really bad movie in the future <laughs> And so I'll just base this around that What, did, what year did the Terminator come out? It was like 80... It, it was like 86? Okay, I was going to say it had to be before Snatcher because I know that like Snatcher is heavily influenced by Terminator. <laughs> okay, that's like, kind of putting it lightly. Like it straight up like has it, like the image of the T eight hundred with green eyes instead yeah. of red. Yeah, but still, like I, I was kind of confused exactly how much uh, the Terminator predated Snatcher. Like what year? Um, Eighty four, turns out. Oh, okay, that's actually a lot further out than I thought it was I thought it was, I was going to say 85 But then I thought, ah, that seems a bit early Considering Terminator 2 was like 1992 
Again, my guess my gut instinct. What? My gut instinct would have been like 1987, if not for the fact that Snapshot came out in '88, which would just make that really improbable. I don't but like. Know. If, besides that, if you just asked me like when the Terminator came out, I think I would have just said like '87. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, so I don't know. They kind of crank games out pretty quick back then. Yeah, sure. Especially when you don't have a third act on them, I guess. Sure. To make it even shorter. Actually, like, the third act in Snatcher is also, like, really not that long at all. It's pretty much just, like, one hallway with a shooting gallery and then probably about, like, 30 minutes of cutscenes. Oh, boy, the shooting gallery. Another thing that sold me off of the game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I, I guess there's... Talk about some of this stuff now with the actual game. Uh, but, yeah, so the shooting gallery thing, like, one of the things I thought was interesting about that was early on in the game, you're taken to a shooting range and you basically have your tutorial segment. If you do really well on that, it then makes the shooting way more difficult for the rest of the game. Whereas if you suck in the practice range, then the rest of the game is very easy. Great. Yeah. Adaptive <laughs> so, difficulty. Sure. Uh, so the way that the shooting gallery in this works is it's divided into like like nine nine quadrants, and then you just hit whatever direction you want on the D pad. Hey, or I have a I have a quick question. Yeah. What What do you think quadrants means? We don't have time for this. <laughs> if you think about it, quadrant Shut up. has quad in it, which would mean four. <laughs> okay, go on. Whatever. You have, like, nine cells and you use the directional buttons and you have to, like, hold a button to draw your gun up and then another button to shoot. So it gets pretty uncomfortable on a controller. You could also, though, use a justifier if you're insane. Mm-hmm. If you want to play, like, a light gun game. Sure, uh, I mean, that I've actually got this one like just a... lying around from uh, yeah. playing Lethal Enforcers. Oh, good. You also have a CRT, right? Oh, definitely. In 2019, absolutely. Yeah, I those are easy to get your hands on. Yeah, yeah. In in good in good quality. Sure, especially w- without. I, I was just about to say, definitely not infested with cockroaches. It's like the one thing holding me back from like going out and actually buying a CRT is just the dice roll on whether or not it comes packaged with a bunch of cockroaches. Almost certainly. Yeah, no, I used to do some repossession work, and the amount of TVs we would take back that were just full of roaches was uh, disturbing. Love a nice Any roach electronic. Box. Oh, yeah, sure. No, they love it, too. Mm-hmm. It's nice warm. and warm in there. Yeah. Then it shorts everything out, and then you have a bad time. Uh so yeah, the, the shooting gallery stuff, thankfully, like it doesn't actually show up too often in the game. I think the ones that are actually like the most frustrating are where you're fighting these like little spider things that crawl towards the screen. But when it's just a snatcher, you have to like shoot it on this like slot in the head that that is its weak point. And those go down pretty quickly, which is like one or two well-placed shots. So like I didn't find that stuff to be like too intrusive or frustrating or anything like that. Uh, most of the game really is just kind of going places and observing things and just watching these cutscenes play out and then kind of like triggering extra little fun cutscenes that flesh out the world. 
Um, I would even say the stuff where you're having to like click the same object over and over again accounts for a very small portion of the actual game. Maybe. I don't know. I'll never find out. I don't care. It does. But that's the thing, too, about Snatcher is it is so much more of just a vehicle for the story, like, which is a Kojima thing, obviously, but even more so than stuff like Metal Gear. Uh, to a point that if you really wanted to enjoy Snatcher, I don't see what would be so wrong about just like sitting down and watching not necessarily like a Let's Play, but like one of those playthroughs that don't have commentary. Like, I think you'd be able to get much of the same, like, enjoyment out of that that you would actually sitting down and trying to play the game. Yeah, probably. But I think that story is, like, incredibly charming. Like, Metal Gear was the only game that Kojima did before this, and that one was incredibly light on story. And so this is, like, the genesis of all of Kojima's weirdness and the mm. genesis of Kojima kind of creating these Wait. really massive stories. What? This was before Metal Gear 2? It is, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. Metal Gear, Snatcher, and then it was I, it was either during the development of Snatcher or afterwards that he was approached by that guy who was just like, hey, they're having us work on this Metal Gear project. Okay. And then that being the thing where Kojima was just like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. Can't believe Kojima would uh, be weirdly possessive over something. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but this is I like mean, also... See, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the Metal Gear series is his baby. Uh, and Konami took his baby away from him. And so now he wants to... So he he want ba baby Kojima falling off the face of a cliff and like lands on his stomach and then when he rolls off of it the jar baby is just turning into Metal Gear Solid Four. <laughs> just says, "Come on, you need to get your shit together." <laughs> just gently rocks it until it turns into Peace Walker. Ah. Uh... Beautiful. Oh, that's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, if you raise your bond with it enough, it becomes Metal Gear Solid 3. Ooh. It's the, the max bond. ideal. It's a, it's a yeah, yes. Uh, but no, like, metal, the first Metal Gear actually has, like, movie references in the sense that, like, the character portraits are just straight up lifted out of, like, actual movies. Like, Snake was Stallone and Big Boss was Sean Connery. Uh, but Snatcher kind of kicks off the more um like kojima subtle movie references where like mm. it's still very obvious what he's doing but it is less obvious in the sense of just like throwing up a character portrait that was just ripped out of like ando you're right uh very subtle like the terminator well, yes, it's like the most obvious one, but there's uh, the masks that you have to go by to get into Outer Heaven are Rick Bakery masks, which I think is actually like kind of a good reference. Yeah, I'm going to head down to the Rick Bakery and get some uh, bear claws. You want anything? <laughs> uh, Maple bar. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. But no, it's, I, I liked that because you can go get a Wolfman mask made by Rick Bakery. Like, that's really good. <laughs> Yeah. 
I like imagining the Rick Bakery also just has a bunch of sheet cakes with giant pictures of Rick Moranis' face on them. <laughs> it's like, here's one where he's wearing the weird helmet from uh, Ghostbusters and uh, says, yes, have some. We keep the erotic Rick Moranis cakes under the counter. <laughs> Uh, you can't expose kids to that. It'll, it'll warp them forever. <laughs> it's just a sheet cake with a screen printed on of just naked Rick Moranis. Like it's just like a production still from Honey I Shrunk the Kids, but they photoshopped it so it looked like all his clothes were off. <laughs> the most erotic Rick Moranis cake is just an image from uh, Strange Brew. Nothing changed in it. Just uh. <laughs> Bob McKenzie drinking. I can't remember if he's Bob or Doug. It doesn't matter. When I started this day, I was not expecting to imagine Rick Moranis' flaccid cock on a cake, but here I am. Well. It's 7 a.m. <laughs> Rick Moranis comes for us all eventually. Hey, you know, speaking of uh, Death Stranding, what if I told you there's also a tricycle in Snatcher? Sure, why not? This was always a fixation for Hideo Kojima going all the way back to the late 80s with this concept of tri-wheeled vehicles. Eh, I mean, okay, sure. Yeah, uh, it's called the Turbo Cycle in the U.S. version because the translation team thought that tricycle sounded too childish, uh, but now here we are in 2019 with Norman Reedus riding around on a tricycle. Isn't Turbo Cycle, um... What is that? That's not the things from Tron. Or wait, maybe it is. Uh, maybe that was the version that was in like um, Tron 2.0. I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but matter. it's but it's also like a very uh, so speaking of very obvious obvious references uh, in Snatcher, Blade Runner. Uh, it looks a lot like the cars in Blade Runner. Uh, even though it has three wheels, you mostly, like, kind of fly it around places because it's also capable of flight. Sure, why not? Yeah. Like, the whole intro of this game is also incredibly Blade Runner-esque. Like, that whole opening sequence of just getting all the shots of the, like, these mega skyscrapers and everything is very, very similar to the way that Snatcher opens up. Although... Blade Runner has that like much moodier soundtrack, and then like Snatcher has this really really good like jazzy song that starts the whole game. Okay. Yeah, and that's when uh, Gillian tells his wife, uh, "Gillian's got amnesia." That's never been done in a story before. I'm nope. sure. Uh, Hideo Kojima first, a character with amnesia. <laughs> w- fine, won't fine won't be the last time. <laughs> Kicking things off. Yeah. Uh, Gillian has amnesia. Uh, he's estranged from his second. wife, who also has amnesia. So, so he, yeah. are, are you sure he has amnesia and he's not just dumb like Sam Strand? <laughs> yes, he actually has amnesia in this game. Okay. Although, although the direction that they kind of go with things and the reveals behind that amnesia are so obvious that you would be forgiven for thinking Gillian's just really stupid. Okay. Another uh, and he has Kojima like a lot trademark. of moments. Yeah, he has like a lot of moments too where he's an absolute fucking imbecile, uh, which is great because much like Sam in Death Stranding, there's just as many moments where he's treated with a very serious air about him. Mm-hmm. 
like he has his, his moments of wisdom throughout the game and then he has moments where he hits on a 14 year old girl too much and so she kicks him out of her house and basically you soft lock the game like you actually have to wait a period of time to get back in the house after that so you're just kind of sitting around with the game running that's that's good i like yeah. that for the record for the record i did not do that <laughs> but i read later after the fact that that is something you could do the game is kind of creepy though like with that scene anyway because the way that you get into her house is you have to like so like a snatcher will will pick somebody up skin them wear their flesh and like assume their role in society yes thank so, you 35 minutes in for saying what the main <laughs> enemy in this video game does or what the plot no is problem. <sighs> thank you anyway the way that factors into that scene is she has to make sure that you are not a snatcher so you need to give her like a personal fact about her that only like a non-snatcher would know uh, so you go into this computer database named Jordan, and I do not recall what that stands for. Something dumb, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, considering considering the other acronym in this game is incredibly stupid. Uh, and you find out that she has like a birthmark on like her inner thigh, so then you have to go back to the 14-year-old's house and tell her about her inner thigh birthmark to get let in. To then also mm. tell her, by the way, her father died. And then you can hit on her. Good stuff. Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima, everybody. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so speaking of that other acronym, what do you think Junker stands for, Larry Davis? Oh, I, I have heard I'm, this I'm before. I'm sure you used to know. Yeah, I, I don't remember. All right, I'll... I'll give you the clean version of it first, and then I'll give you the dirty one. Okay. <laughs> a Japanese undercover neurokinetic elimination ranger. Sure. The this was was another change that they made uh, for the U.S. version of the game. In addition to aging up uh, said fourteen-year-old uh, girl and changing turbo cycle cycle to tricycle. Uh, originally, it was Japanese undercover Naked Kind Elimination Ranger. What? I don't. I don't know. Naked Kind. Okay. Yeah. What? Okay. I appreciate that Kojima was very sold on having like an organization named Junker, so he came up with just any old bullshit. So the acronym spelled the thing that he wanted. Sure. Uh, yeah, like that's, that's called a backronym. Uh, there is, it's a proud tradition. But like, here's a so I I kind of go either way on this, where I think that if you just you're going to have a backronym, like you don't have to actually say what the acronym stands for. Just use the name that you wanted to use. Just let that exist, and nobody questions it. Yeah. At at the on the other hand, Japanese undercover neurokinetic elimination ranger is so stupid that you absolutely should put that in the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like nobody. Well, at this point, most people don't even know laser is an acronym to begin with. Uh, yeah. Scuba. Nobody knows what that stands for. So. I actually don't know what's stands for it's like subaquatic uh underwater breathing apparatus Mm. 
I know the last two are breathing apparatus. I, I don't remember the first bits. I used to know what laser stood for as well, but I, I do know that's it's also like an acronym. Light amplification. Mm. Okay, that's Sexy as far as I've gotten. Sexy elimination Yeah, that's it. Uh. Oh, man. Um, Self-contained so yeah, underwater breathing apparatus. That Scuba. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I don't the care to know what laser is... stands for at this point. I like my version of it better. Okay. Uh, I was right, yeah. though. The first two are light amplification, so... Anyway, part of why I did want to get too deep into the actual story and what the snatchers are and everything is because I wanted to save that more for the end in case somebody did want to go and sit down and play this game for themselves. They would not get spoiled on what happens in the story. Who uh, so cares? at this point, I ordinarily I would agree, but because Snatcher is entirely its narrative, if it is something that you actually want to sit down and give a shot, if you want to play this Hideo Kojima game that most people who enjoy Hideo Kojima's games, I would say probably have not played. Video games. Please. Video games. Yes, Stick I'm sorry. to the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> My apologies. But yeah, if you have any interest in Snatcher, if you like Hideo Kojima's, if you like Hideo games, you should just go play Snatcher and then come back and listen to this part of the podcast. If you've already played it or you otherwise just don't care to do that, then we're going to get into plot and spoilers and everything now. So, uh, like I said, the, the, the basic plot of the story is Gillian and his wife have amnesia. There's snatchers. They're snatching up people. They're assuming their roles in uh, society. And so the, the places that this game then goes with that, there's so many Hideo Kojima-esque twists in this thing not all of them are good uh for example you are partly responsible for creating the snatchers in the first place and i feel that's fairly well communicated except it takes way too long to actually get uh, there's a lot to indicate that gillian and his wife uh are extremely old like older than they should be at this point in time and that they kind of woke up in the siberian neutral zone which is this uninhabited uh, space land that is kind of left over from this biological weapon The Siberian so, neutral zone, the sneeze yeah. for short. <laughs> yes. Um, so they were part of the original research team, and like the whole reason that the bad guy is doing what he's doing is that Madnar had a thing for your wife, and so he got really vindictive about it after you got married released a biological weapon into the atmosphere that killed half of the Earth's population, and then that wasn't good enough. So he's like, I'm going to replace all of the upper levels of society with robots. Great plan. Yes! My favorite part of his plan is when he designs a robot for himself, and it just looks like Sting from Dune. Yeah. I mean... If That's what I would do. A, yeah, exactly. If you were going yeah. to design a robot for yourself, what would you make it look like? Of course, it'd Sting be Sting from, from Doom. Yeah. What, you think I'm going to make it look like Kyle McLaughlin from Dune? Come on. No, absolutely not. Kyle Brad McLaughlin Dorf doesn't have those. Doom? Oh, maybe. Actually. Yeah, maybe. 
I don't know. I could kind of go with the Baron, just so long as this robot duplicate is also just bloated and floating in the upper corner of the room the entire time. It's a little bit hard to make a robot look convincingly greasy, though. That's the problem. Ooh, that's true. Ah, well, if they slathered themselves up with enough sunscreen. Because yeah, that's maybe. the other thing about this game. So, the Stanchers only come out at night. They're the young and hungry type. Uh-huh. I was, I'm glad you did it so I didn't have to. Thank you. Um, oh, here yeah. she come. Watch, Watch out, boy, she's she'll a snatcher. Snatch, I was going to say she'll snatch you up, but okay. Oh, that's good. Yes. Um, So they're only active at night, and you, like, relatively shortly into the story, you find out they, they have this one very glaring tell, which is that they own a lot of sunscreen uh, that they are slathering all over themselves in the dead of winter because the synthetic skin that they use is incredibly weak to ultraviolet light, so even a short amount of time ends up giving them melanoma. Now I have to check and see when Dark Man came out, because I wonder if Kojima saw Dark Man. Yes! <laughs> I was hoping that you would pick up on that. Oh, 1990, uh, so no, unrelated, but it would not have surprised me if he saw that. It was like, ah, this is a great idea. Yeah. So there's this there's this really good bit where you've kind of narrowed down the snatcher that has uh, killed your partner, and it's like between one of two people, this guy who very obviously is the snatcher, because he looks more like a thought-out Hideo Kojima character, and then just some schlub. So, naturally, the game gives you a choice that's not actually a choice. You have to go after the schlub first. Like, if you try to go for the guy who is actually the snatcher, he just never answers the door. Uh, Great. Yeah. There's another time that the game does something like that. Like, it presents you this option, but you really can't actually have... Like, you have no agency in it, actually. It's like uh, L.A. Noir. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the way you find out that the, the snatcher is the snatcher is you cross-examine them you watch for the facial expressions really bungled this one seed uh but you go interrogate this uh basically he is like a surfer uh and you bust into his or he like opens the door and has you at gunpoint and you shoot the gun out of his hand and then uh gillian seed a perfectly normal perfectly healthy individual jams his gun into the guy's mouth and then starts interrogating him oh so it is like la noir <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just starts yelling about how he's a Jew. <laughs> that was the Everyone knows Snatchers style. are Jews. <laughs> Every single one of them. Did you see they changed? Metal Gear, uh, look for a yarmulke. <laughs> did you see they changed the, um, the interrogation yeah. stuff in L.A. Noir? No, I did not. They, uh, how it used to be like truth doubt lie they changed it to something else which is even more vague than the original one mm. it's so weird hmm well anyway gillian's guy's gun to this guy's mouth <laughs> yeah that's the important part <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure how to add on to that uh but he finds out like the guy it's it's this moment that i really liked because gillian just completely just goes straight up to 11 just starts popping off on this guy and then like you do a cursory glance of the dude's bathroom and as you see like a bunch of um like suntan oil 
So, like, why would this guy be a snatcher if he wants to go out and, like, get a bunch of sun on him? Uh, but you also find, like, a ton of drugs in his apartment, too, so you still call the cops on him. And then the guy's just like, oh, man, you shot me. I'm bleeding. And Gillian says, why don't you rub some of your drugs on it? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just leaves. Pretty cool, Gillian. It's a really good line, Gillian. Of all the moments in this game that her voice acted to, I'm really glad that was one of them. <laughs> Gillian can also just go and call a sex hotline at, like, one point in the game. Sure, sure, why not? I yeah, mean, they didn't have a codex, yeah, no. so yeah, <laughs> there had to be There's... something. The actual phone number to Konami's office is in this game, and you can call them up in the game, and they thank you for playing the game. That's good. This, I like that. This point in time that Konami is actually grateful that people are playing and enjoying their video games. Back in the year 1988. Mythical time. There's a, yeah, there, there's just like a lot of really cool details in the world too. Like one of the things that I liked about this was Neo Kobe Pizza, uh, which I have talked to you about before, uh, which is this um, this dish that's served only in Neo Kobe City. Uh, Neo Kobe, by the way, melting pot of a city, uh, much in the same way America is, where like a bunch of cultures kind of converge into one location, but it's still very much like Japan. But also, it's like an artificial island, which is another thing that I like about it. But anyway, uh, the the pizza thing is like it it kind of came out in a Reese's peanut butter cup kind of way, where someone accidentally dropped a slice of pizza into a bowl of soup. And then it turns out that's delicious. I, okay. And so I found out while sitting down and getting information together for this game that it's actually based on a real dish uh, called, and I'm, I'm going to fuck this name up, Akashiyaki, uh, which is a meal that involves dropping octopus dumplings into dashi. Is this what you spent all your time on when you were like, I need to get more information yes. on this game? You were actually just looking at what inspired this pizza i spent a lot of nights dunking pizzas into various soups trying to figure out which one tasted the best all right attempt one pepperoni pizza in chicken noodle soup here we go oh it was new england clam chowder no that's not what you would do on the first one well it's what i did on the first one you're an idiot Maybe no wonder it took system. so long <laughs> surely come back to this uh, but in also looking that up, I found like a tremendous amount of forum, forum topics and like blogs and stuff of people actually trying Neo Kobe pizza, which seems horrifying to me. Like, especially when you consider it's a Japanese pizza, so they're probably like slathering mayo and dumping a bunch of corn on it, too. I like how you were talking about his absurd interrogation techniques, and so I bring up L.A. Noir, and you're like, I don't know how to add anything to that. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to talk about this pizza oh, dunked pizza. in the soup. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Neo Kobe pizza? Uh, sounds gross. I don't know. Yeah, it does. But no, I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, that's 
one of these weird little side activities that you can kind of get into in the game is going and enjoying a slice of Neokope pizza with Metal Gear Mark II, who also is eating the pizza somehow. I don't really hey, understand how that works. Hey, head on in, have a slice. Hey. Yeah. It's slice of Neokope pizza. It is this. It is this really good moment though, where like they dunk their pieces of pizza into the bowl of soup, and Gillian's just sinks all the way to the bottom and doesn't come back up again. And like the pizza guy's just like, "Hey, tough luck." And then Gillian just whines and goes, "My pizza! I want my pizza." Okay. But meanwhile, this little robot buddy is eating a slice of pizza when robots can't eat. No, that's true. Robots—they're like ghosts. They can't eat. Metal Gear could have gave Gillian his slice of pizza, but instead Metal Gear is just rubbing this fucking pepperoni pie all over its chassis. <laughs> just smearing cheese all over himself. Just rolls around in it like Gur in Invader Zim. <laughs> You're right, Metal Gear is exactly like Gur. I mean, kinda. Oh, man. So, you get... Further into into this game, you end up meeting a uh, random Hajil who is uh, also like a junker, but he's not like officially on the books. He's more like a bounty hunter. Uh, and so he becomes like at first like somebody who you're kind of wary of. But as the game goes on, you find out that he's probably one of the closest allies you've got uh, as the chief ends up turning on you, revealing himself to be a snatcher. Kind so you say out this guy, he's, uh, he's the gray fox type. Uh... Yeah, kind of. He's initially like less threatening than Gray Fox. He's not walking around telling Gillian to hit him. Well, it's it's know. more of it's more of he shows up and no one has like any information on him, so everyone's kind of like, "Oh, you should be careful about random." Okay. Uh, which there's reason to suspect him because uh, it turns out random's name spelled backwards is Madnar, and that is what <gasps> he is. As, yep, as mentioned uh, to begin with, the, the Sting from Dune doppelganger of the main villain. Get this. Alucard is Dracula backwards. <gasps> no. Yeah. I don't think they'd allow that. That's true. Believe it or not. Hmm. Um, but what if I were to tell you that... Uh, so Harry Benson, member of Foxhound, uh, he doesn't know who his parents are. He has a he has a family photo up in his office, but his mother and father are conveniently ripped out of the photo, and he's been looking for them for for oh, years boy. and years and years. Ever since he turned up in the Siberian neutral zone. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence! This, <laughs> this old drunk man who invents Metal Gear. And is like twice your age is actually your biological son through this entire game. And he <laughs> dies in your arms. Hey, oldster, I'm your pappy. It's me, Gilly. You're holding your boy who looks like he has progeria and just saying, please don't go. Ugh. Mama and daddy love you. Boy. This... <laughs> you played this whole thing. <laughs> I did, I played this entire game and I liked it quite a bit. Uh it's great too because when you're going back to the uh to the Junker headquarters, like you figured out at this point of the game that A Benson is a snatcher. Uh but as it just happens very coincidentally, 
Uh, there is Chief Benson Cunningham and then Harry Benson, your son. So you don't know which one is the actual Snatcher at first. There's also a Chief Benson Honeydew and his psychic yes. beaker. That's right. Uh, some stuff about the Chief that I like at the very start of the game when you're just kind of examining stuff around uh, his office. If you compliment his sofa, he says it's the latest in robot sofas employing chaos system technology. <laughs> I want a sofa with chaos system technology. Me too. He also hands you money and says it's cold, hard cash. Stature <laughs> uh, is very good. Yeah, maybe. You're bringing me around on with this talk of chaos sofas. <laughs> That's extremely early in the game, too. You also see, like, this dumbass, like, painting of a vase on his wall, and he's just like, uh, don't touch my painting, what's wrong with you? Uh, the reason he doesn't want you to touch his painting is you do some weird fucking adventure game puzzle bullshit with it later on, and it actually tells you, like, where the Church of Madnar is. Church of Madnar. Yeah, and it's that, like, the negative space between each side of the boss like looks like a like a face in profile oh, right. and then like yeah it sets up like this whole weird crazy puzzle it god it's so stupid um but like the snatcher's ultimate goal is that there's like a un conference that's going to take place at like the end of the month and the Snatchers have already infiltrated enough of, like, the upper echelon of Neo Kobe. Or I think, actually, it was more just Benson Cunningham. It's a, a bit that I'm kind of fuzzy on. I don't quite remember who all is involved in the plot uh, at that point. Uh, but they're going to attend this meeting at the UN, and then they're going to uh, snatch up all the world leaders. Uh, so then, you know, whole world will fall under the rule of Snatchers and Dr. Madnor. Uh, and so when you uncover this plot, the UN's reaction to all this is, well, we got a nuke Neo Kobe City. I mean, there's just really no way around this. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> so it ends up, like, putting you on this, um, like, the final act of the game, you're trying to avert nuclear disaster and, like, defeat all the Snatchers before Neo Kobe gets bombed. Uh, which you are only able to accomplish because random Hajil shows up at the last moment and kind of like holds Dr. Madnar back. And then Metal Gear uh, just rolls in there with explosives and just suicide bombs the place. Peepo! <laughs> yes! It is an extremely Peepo moment. <laughs> uh, but much like how Peepo returns, yes. uh, Metal Gear also shows back up at the very end of the game with a whole new chassis. Uh, that is designed around whatever system of the game you played it on. Uh, so in my version, it's just like the little Metal Gear, like the scope and everything attached to like a Sega CD on some wheels with like exhaust pipes. Right. I mean, Metal yeah. Gear and Peepo are like Jesus Christ. They come back all the time. That's true. <laughs> I saw Peepo up on that cross. Crown of thorns around his head. Mm-hmm. Just getting this, stabbed with a spear yeah, over and over again. I was about to say, this is the spear of destiny that speared Peepo in its side. Oh, poor Peepo. Yeah, well. I don't like this at all. Um, so, so Metal Gear so loved the world, it gave its only begotten Peepo. <laughs> oh, man. 
Gillian's a real Judas. Kinda. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He let he let him do it. Look, it was the only way. It was the only way. But there's there's like a lot of stuff that uh telegraphs a lot of these twists. Uh, again, in in a way that almost makes it seem like Gilly's just kind of dumb for not piecing this stuff together. Like a lot of um, even Harry's stuff at like the start of the game, the fact that he has like the same color eyes as you, the same color of hair, and then he's just like, I conveniently don't know who my mom and pop are. Anyway, <laughs> hi, amnesiac guy that seems like you exist from 30 years ago. Here's a gun. Like it... it very loudly <laughs> telegraphs a lot of this. Yeah. Um, uh, there there was... God, there was one other... Oh, if you go back to your apartment at one point in the game, you see a picture of your wife from, like, a 1980s Olympic poster uh, because she was, like, a former Olympics athlete. And, like, your first thought isn't, huh, weird that my wife is part of promotional material for the 80s Olympics. It's instead, huh, that's a really good forgery my wife did for funsies. <laughs> Come on, Gillian. <laughs> Gilly, you dumb dumb. There's God, I, I can't remember if it's actually at this exact moment it happens to you like walk in on that 14-year-old girl in the shower. Like she went back to your apartment at some point and is in the shower. And like you of course get all like anime horny about it and then you get in trouble for it, like slaps you or something. And, like Metal Gear is just like, God, Gillian, you are just messed up. Just everything about your life just is fucking sad and you're screwed up. It gets, that's like called going Shinji mode, I guess. Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the bit, like, right before that, too, actually is, is really good. Because there's, like, a, a few excellent moments of, like, horror in this game. I think the one that people probably uh, more readily associate with Snatcher is, is the bit where you uh, find the other member of Junker with his head twisted off. Like, I think that that's that's one of the few images that you would most often see when Snatcher is brought up, uh, which was censored in the Japanese version. So instead, like, you don't actually see a severed head because of. Yeah, I uh, mean, games back then were like getting into some weirdly graphic stuff. Um, there was back then in 1988. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's like there was I'm trying to think of what's called Manhunter, I think. Which I think came out before this, and it was probably what inspired a lot of it, and it had a lot of stuff yeah. like that. Sure, an adaptation of Red Dragon. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I think it might have come out before the movie. Oh man, um, there was a not to go off topic here. I was at Walmart the other day. There was a Hannibal Lecter three pack for very cheap, and I was like, "Ooh, I like the Lecter movies." And it was Silence of the Lambs, great movie. Yeah. Uh, Manhunter. All right. Not sure why Red Dragon isn't in that, but okay. Because Manhunter's then, better. Uh, yeah, I actually really like Red Dragon. I like both of them. I think they're both good. Red movies, Dragon's but... fine. Manhunter's better. Uh, the third movie in that pack was also like Hannibal Origins or what, like whatever uh, the prequel thing was. That one's yeah. Fun. So like definitely not worth buying the other two. Also, I think they were all on like DVD and not Blu-ray. So. Ah, why bother? Uh, I mean, to be to be fair, I doubt Manhunter is actually on Blu-ray, like at all. It is. So, um, Manhunter oh, New is? York okay. uh, was a Sierra Online game. Came out in '88, 
actually. So, oh. uh, again, something <laughs> in the water at that point. It was like, we're just going to have all these messed up games full of rotting corpses. 1988, a very uh, interesting year for video games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this looks... No, no. Well, okay. I, I would say like this looks notably worse than Snatcher, but also... This would be the year the original version of Snatcher came out, not the Sega CD one. So I don't actually yeah, like, know what that like. There's looks actually, like. if you, if you look at the original version of Snatcher, kind of the way everything is drawn out does look similar enough to the Sega CD version. Just that the Sega CD, obviously working off of a lot more colors, a lot more bits out of that system, is everything's just a lot more well defined on the Sega CD. Um. I've never actually seen like the NEC and the MSX versions in motion, so I actually would wonder if there is also probably a lot more animation in the Sega CD version probably. as well. Um, yeah, I'm but, looking yeah. at screenshots of the PC88 and MSX one, and they look pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a, a lot, like I said, I... a lot fewer colors, though. <laughs> yes, like it very, very limited color range on those systems uh yeah there's a a couple other moments of just horror out of nowhere there's a bit where you get attacked or no you don't get attacked by a dog a snatcher attacks a dog and you just find it with like its guts ripped out yeah sure yeah and there's a a bit when you finally fight like the snatchers that killed uh your partner uh one of them's a lady snatcher and so when you shoot her directly in the fucking face her face just blows up in a really gruesome way and also her tits fall out. Yeah, you know, as they do. <laughs> so, yeah. That's happening all the time when women get shot. Their tits just fly right out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, a, that's one bit that is a, a weird case of censorship where it's like they show the gruesome gore of the face, but they had to cover up the titty that was hanging out. You can't also, show like, that. that. That is kind of weird, though, because it was still rated teen here, right? Even with, like, uh, all the violence and stuff in it? Well, when did the ESRB rating system come out? Because I thought that was around when Night Trap was out, so I think that maybe Snatcher... I don't know if Snatcher kind of might have uh, gotten around that. I don't know. Uh, let me look it up. ESRB? I just remember seeing a thing where they said uh, something about how, like, due to its teen rating, it was... Uh, I thought that hurt sales, and I didn't get why that would be okay i know that makes sense esrb was uh september 16th 1994 so it, it would have predated snatcher enough so yeah i think snatcher probably got like a team well wait no you're you're talking about japanese releases though because it didn't come out here for a while the esrb i thought that uh japan had like a different ratings board than the no, esrb I... Yes, they do. They have Cero. I'm talking about okay. ESRB. You're talking... Okay, my bad. But I'm saying it didn't come out here until... January 1995. Hmm. So, the ESRB would've been a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Snatcher is ESRB rated teen. Yeah, that's weird. I just yeah. remember um, seeing that, to... like, on the box art and being confused why, considering the head explodedness. 
Uh, from Ars Technica, just after the ESRB was officially formed, it faced one of its first tests in Hideo Kojima's gritty Sega CD crime adventure. The game got a T rating despite one digital press forum goer describes a scene of a disemboweled dog, maggots eating a rotting corpse, a decapitated man with visible trachea and esophagus in the neck, and making implications towards strippers and prostitution. Uh, but Night Trap, which helped inspire the ESRB's creation, showed slumber party girls in 90s, which is obviously much worse. Yeah, that that was always the weird thing, is that Night yeah. Trap was this controversial thing. It's like, there's not really anything in there that's, like, horrible. I think the ESRB people got to, like, the tutorial, like, shooting gallery section of Snatcher and were just like, eh, this game is not for me can't blame them they saw how you had to click on things multiple times we're just like we're not playing this one it's rated the esrb people actually do not play the games oh no i know they just end up like tapes don't yeah they? yeah they're just like here's all the worst stuff in our game check it out with the uh with the movie ratings they actually do sit down and watch the entire movie though don't they or do they also just get like a segment of content i think from... yeah i think they watch the whole thing i think you'd kind of okay. have to also, you know, it's not quite yeah. the same thing as in expecting them to play through a really sure. long game. Although with, like, both of those boards, I would suspect it's one of those cases where, like, most of the people on it don't have any business rating anything from, like, the medium that they're working in. Oh, the MPAA is super corrupt, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least with games, I can't say there have been many cases where I have disagreed with the rating a game has gotten. Like, most of the time, it's like, sure. it's pretty easy to quantify. With movies, there have been... Brick was rated R for some reason, which I have never been able to understand. Well, even just in the, the early days of uh, the MPAA, where, like, PG-13 was not an actual rating, right? So you had, like, a lot of PG movies that actually had some stuff in it that was, like... Like, uh, oh, God, what, what am I thinking? The Poltergeist is PG. Yeah. Yeah, PG-13 didn't exist until Gremlins and Raiders of the Lost Ark came That's out. That's right. They had to make one, especially for Gremlins. Yes, actually, I mean, that, that was those yeah, were no, the I'm... things. Or no, it was oh, Temple God, of Doom. Well... I think it was Temple of Doom came out that year, and they were like, "We need to have something to account for the heart ripping." Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from. There have definitely been movies where I don't agree with the ratings that they got necessarily. It also. Like, that's one of the fun things about becoming an adult, too, though, is at that point, you also sort of just don't care because you can kind of watch and play whatever. Yeah. Sure. I mean, also, like, you mostly can at any age anyway, because I think that people really don't put much thought into ratings to begin with. Uh, but when Snatcher was coming out, when the ESRB was very much still a brand new thing, people absolutely were. Yeah. Um, well sure which is also kind of strange because then games were much tamer than they are now anyway yeah the the shit that they do in snatcher is, is good and gross and it is rendered in a lot of detail for something that is like 32-bit graphics mm -hmm. even then the amount of shit that i see in video games nowadays is so much more explicit 
dripping toenails off while sitting on the top of the Rockies. I'm a little disappointed that's not actually in the game. Oh, it's not? Because I no. never let my shoes run out to find out. I have, and, uh... Yeah. N- no, nothing happened. And that existed in the back of my mind the entire time playing it, so anytime my shoes got to yellow, I was swapping them out. <laughs> I have let them completely run out because then I don't just have, like, a almost ruined boot still on me. Um, What does that actually end up doing when, when you don't have any shoes on them? You, like, you lose blood very, very slowly. But um, th- it's funny that's like the one thing from the trailers and everything that's not actually in the game Like maybe it is if you run for a really long time without any boots I don't know but I never encountered it Yeah, yeah I don't know Point is that games have done a lot more gross things since Snatcher yes. Pretty much any time you have a, a big leap in graphics the The mindset then becomes Oh, I wonder what a ripped-open head could look like on this system. Anyway, the point is, we have 16 minutes before Battle.net shuts down. Sure. And you Uh, said we have an email. We do have an email. Uh, Let me me get that pulled up. Why would you not have it pulled up already? You knew it was going to happen. I forgot that I had an email, because it's happened exactly once. Great job. I was asked about this email. Uh, I was asked to make sure that our email address was correct because the sender was uh, the not email sure if we address. got it. Yeah. Um, well, I had found out that we got the email like a couple of days ago. At that point, I was just, ah, well, we'll, we'll put it in heaven. Um, uh, Thor, Timmy. Today. Ever, ever had those chips that taste like air and salt? Munchos? Imagine those minus the salt. That's Green Lantern for you. I watched it in theaters and it really lacked any memorable moments. I had to look up a synopsis to make sure I actually watched it. It occupied one of my theater screens for a few weeks and several times I didn't even start it up. I didn't even start it up for its showing because no one showed up. I guess we brought up Green Lantern Why? at some point. <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> I what? think we talked about Green Lantern like 50 episodes ago. Timmy, why are, why did you send us an email about Green Lantern? You were supposed to send an email about what your favorite gremlin <laughs> is. That's what we're interested in. <laughs> yeah, Thor, Timmy, the Green Lantern thing was about two weeks ago, but for us, when we recorded it, more like a month and a half. I legit have no idea what this is about. We brought up Green Lantern and how nobody watched Green Lantern, and then I think I offhand mentioned, if you've watched Green Lantern, send us in your thoughts about Green Lantern. Of course you did. So the the one email we got over the entire duration of this podcast so far has been Timmy's thoughts on Green Lantern. Well, Which, great. by the way, his, his thoughts are that he just doesn't remember it. Well, asked and answered, I guess. Isn't uh, Taika Waititi in that movie? Like he's the sidekick? I have no earthly idea. I don't remember. Oh, I guess I remember this now because I had brought up like Parallax, I think. And you're like, isn't he the cloud guy in the movie? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's like the only things that I really recall from Green Lantern are Ryan... Ryan... Ryan Reynolds. 
Rental Ryan is in the movie and he plays the Green Lantern and then Parallax is a fart monster and there's also the guy with the big head from the Green Lantern comics. I think he's in it too. Uh, not, Hector not, Hammond. Not, sure. I was going to say not MODOK. Yeah, not MODOK. MODOK's think, too cool. Yeah, don't, they, did, they didn't put him in the movie. I think they were saving him probably for like the next movie but then like it didn't do well, Modok's a Marvel character, so. What? <laughs> Modok's a Marvel character. He's a, he's in the Iron Man cartoon. Remember in the nineties? There's a bit of Next like... Wave where they fight all of the Elvis Modoks. But they put but Green Lantern was an in game. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Benedict Cumberbatch. He he did the like he did the green like magic things. That's, that's Green Lantern. That's Doctor Strange. Not to be confused with Doctor Fate, who is a DC character. No, Doctor Strange is like the, the bad guy in Iron Man Three. That what? It was Ben Kingsley. That was no. That was the Mandarin. The also not actually the bad guy. Mm. The like uh, Killian. Sky Pierce. Yeah. History's greatest monster, Guy Pierce. That's right. He's got those bulging teeth. You can't trust him. Yeah. Anyway, Snatcher for the Sega CD. Anyway, I thanks for the like email. It. <laughs> yes, thank you for the email, by the way. I'm glad someone responded to my half joking ask for opinions on Green Lantern. <sighs> I I do appreciate it, Timmy. Thank you. Um, uh, we're actually going to change that email uh, as we kind of rebrand the podcast if you want to hear more about that check out the uh, first Death Stranding episode that we did Um, so we will have that new email for you uh, probably when we do Game of the Year stuff so for now use the proper branding Golden Grimmies also the Golden Gizmos which are more important than the Grimmies but I have more which are like I have more fun with the Grimmies than I do with the Gizmos. Yeah, because well, with the Grimmies I get to talk about everything that's been bad in the year, and that's more interesting to me than the stuff that's been good in the year because I'm a pessimist. That's and right. I refuse to have fun. Can't believe this would be from the person who's like I all like Superman. I, I like ben, like I like the Joker. He's sick and twisted. <laughs> He tells me we words. live in a society. Oh, it's like you wrote it all down, everything that I said, <laughs> in a little notebook. I love the Jared so Leto Joker. So you he can has... feel big about yourself. Will you feel big now, huh? He has damaged on his forehead. His movie's rated R. That means it must be good. It made the most money out of all the DC movies, so it's the best one, objectively. Absolutely. Get out of here, Shazam. <laughs> Sorry, Mark Strong, you made the monsters bite the heads off of guys in the boardroom, but that wasn't enough <laughs> to get you an R rating. I don't care what anyone says, I love Gary Glitter. <laughs> Maybe Mr. Mind will be... A dark and sick and twisted version next time. We need to wrap up. Snatcher for the Sega CD. I actually like it a whole lot. Uh, I I think that 
So I, I should be clear about something. I generally actually do not like adventure games a whole lot. I think it's because I do very much have uh, that sort of like, oh, click a bunch of bullshit like a dozen times until something happens. Like these games are very vague and obtuse and just very confusing. Like that's my connotation with adventure games. And I think it's largely based on the kind of games that you've been playing in your stream that are just very not good. I mean, those those old ones are real bad. They're yeah. not indicative like, of the genre as a whole. But, yeah, and so that's been like kind of the thing I'm wanting to overcome is giving more adventure games a shot, understanding that they're not all like that, that my perception of adventure games has been tainted by that specific moment in time. Yeah. Having said that, it is interesting to me that my second favorite Hideo game, uh, one of the games that I think has been... The, among the best that I've played all year is a adventure game from that moment of time. And I think that it is definitely aided a lot by the fact that it is, you know, based on, on Blade Runner and The Terminator, which are two 80s movies that I love a whole lot. Uh, it's a story by Hideo Kojima, which is video gamesman who I love a whole lot. Uh, I think the story is very fun. It has a lot of good funny moments. It has a lot of very gory, horrific moments. Uh, I, I think that even though it goes in some ridiculous and obvious places, that those places still ultimately are very fun and enjoyable, and it sucks you into its world very easily. Also, for the uh, time, like, it's easy to forget it was 30 years ago, so yeah, you can cut it some slack and, for stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I think it helps, too, that I'm, I played the Sega CD version, which itself is already an updated version, having almost a decade on top of the uh, to improve upon. Uh, that it, in, it is itself the more complete version of that game because it actually wraps up the narrative. Um, so, yeah, I, I would easily recommend uh, Snatcher to anyone who is a fan of adventure games or Hideo games uh, or, who just kind of want... Uh, a fun cyberpunky story that actually doesn't take itself too seriously. Okay. Yeah. I think that you should give it another shot. I think that that maybe if you don't actually sit down and play it, that if you were to just watch the story uploaded to you, I think you would actually. Maybe. Isn't there a part in the Green Lantern movie where he makes like a Hot Wheels track out of his, uh, Ring construct or something. Probably. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. Just seems like something you'd do. Remember that part in uh, um, Deadpool two where he like he reads the uh, script for Green Lantern and then Deadpool shoots him. It's funny because it's also Ryan Reynolds, and you know you gotta laugh at yourself. Yeah, that actually was pretty funny. I don't know, it kind of fell a little on the nose to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something in a Deadpool movie was on the nose, huh? Ooh. Just a, bit, just a tiny bit. I actually didn't watch Deadpool 2, because at that point I just did not give a shit. I saw the first one and I thought it was okay. Two's a lot. I did not like the first one at all. Two is fine. I do not feel very passionately about the first one in in either way like it was just okay i watched I it once i didn't really hate. disliked it yeah yeah i i really liked the bit of them showing up at uh 
Xavier's school for gifted children's and they make a crack about how they cannot afford to have Patrick Stewart. Yeah, there's a bit that's kind of similar in the second, but... Look, uh, anyway. that movie is elevated a lot by Josh Brolin and Zazie Beetz as uh, Cable and Domino. And they're like easily the high points of it. It sure isn't T.J. Miller, I can tell you that. Mm. So, I did kind of forget the Josh... low point of every movie he's in. <laughs> I did kind of forget that Joshua Brolin is playing Cable in that. Thank you for being respectful and calling him Joshua Brolin. No problem. Yeah, say his full Christian name. I mean, come on. That's right. <laughs> Star of the Goonies, Joshua Brolin. Yeah. Uh, I also say with Snatcher uh, again, not easy to find uh, this video game anywhere. Uh, just before we go for shits and giggles, I want to see how much it has been selling for on eBay. Great. How many hundreds upon hundreds of dollars? Uh, sure. Yeah, if I can uh, find the. Turns out, uh, Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babble for Game Boy Color has jumped up in price dramatically. Oh, in recent times. But like a loose one is like 80 bucks now. Jeez. So I've got a gold mine here. Nice. Ah, well, this didn't go the way I wanted it to because there has not been a lot of copies of Snatcher that have actually sold recently. Uh, there, there is one that is complete inbox that uh, did sell uh, in November for about six hundred fifty dollars. Well, see, there you go. That's all you need. Yeah, so it's still, it's still expensive. So, if you want to play this game, uh, download it somewhere. Sure, or do or buy it and buy it from a weirdo on Etsy. No, what my problem was, I got it confused with Police Snots because it was just like, oh, it's an English version of Snatcher on disc. And my dumb brain thought like, oh, it's an English patch of Snatcher that never came out here. Please not, is the one. That's that's what came out here. Yeah. And I don't know why I had this lapse where I got them flipped around. So. I don't know. Yeah, I ended I up buying it in a. I know how your brain works. Me either. <laughs> that makes two of us. It had already shipped before I realized what my mistake was. So at that point, it was like, yeah, whatever. Sounds. It's still like a, a really nice uh, copy of that game. Like it. The, the print job on that is very good cool. anyway I, I, my recommendation is sure play it I guess <laughs> thank you for your input I give it three bags of popcorn <laughs> I thought you said that you wanted people to play it uh, do it or don't I don't care mm. anyway uh, that, that's been it for this uh, iteration of the podcast. Uh, when, when we come back next time, we'll be the Golden Grimmies and the Golden Gizmos. Uh, so until then, goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs>